Did everyone get the clap? And yeah. everyone recorded already? Everything's yeah. good. Oh, everyone good. is recording. We're I not promise. Have to do stupid fucking issues like we did last fucking week, Gavin. <laughs> okay. Well, that took us. Uh, how long did it take us to begin the call to actually recording? Um, uh, Eleven minutes. Eleven minutes. So that's <laughs> that's brilliant. That's a that the the podcast will have to be eleven minutes shorter this week. Um, yeah, sorry about that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, listeners. Uh, only joking. <laughs> only joking. Uh, it's all good. I mean, we can't. You can't say you haven't had enough extra audio uh, on this particular yeah, <laughs> list just of you gave recordings. Us, you gave us extra audio some weeks. Doesn't mean you could be short or other weeks. That short changes us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, w- I would never shortchange my listeners. You will get at least an hour or all of the Patreon money. I will shut down my Patreon if this is not at least an hour. That's a very dangerous precedent to set. <laughs> not really, considering how much we love the sound of our own voices that's the okay. safest bet i could if, make if we're ever under an hour i will just like edit in the rainbow theme tune on loop at the end until we hit an hour oh you are a darling that's everyone perfect. loves rainbow <laughs> hello everyone the voices that you are hearing yammering at you is jim sterling that's me we're also here with laura dale hello hello how are you this week i'm fa- i'm fantastic um still working on a voice acting thing i've taken an- anti-anxiety meds so that i don't panic about traveling to sgc uh, in, on July 16th uh, that's something still got Jimquisition live July 16th um, that weekend I still don't know what day it is um, but it's on that weekend in Frisco, Texas at the SGC 2015 um, so I'm on things just to calm myself down because I get terrible travel anxiety yeah and then you uh, ate too many jelly beans and got yourself a little bit poorly I did I got. I ended up taking a load of um, well I say a load of I took my, my just a, a regular uh, medicine for feel better got really dizzy because it does some, it, I get one of three reactions. I get nothing, I get drowsy, or I get kind of dizzy drunky. I got dizzy drunky and then just at, like like almost on instinct, just too many jelly beans, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> oh. Now bear in mind, there is a third person on this podcast who two and a bit minutes in still hasn't said anything. Yes. Hello, who are you, mysterious silent voice? Um, speaking of... of, of- Jellies, right? <laughs> right, Gavin. This yeah. is Gavin. This is Gavin telling us about jellies. I remember once um, we went to see, uh, we went to the cinema, and I got like basically all the pick and mix. I took all the pick and mix, and <laughs> after about twenty minutes into the movie, my hands started shaking. <laughs> I had to go home and puke. But actually, <laughs> it was the Terminator movie with uh, Christian Bale in it. What oh, was that Salvation. Called? Yeah, so pretty much the Penny Jellies were kind of... Maybe they were, like, saving me from having yeah. to see that shitty movie. Well, we so, actually have something in common there, because Terminator Salvation is literally, quite literally, the only movie I have ever walked out on. It's, oh, really? uh, You know, I value my money, yeah. and I will stay to the end. I walked out of a shark's tail. Well, the two of you have clearly never seen The Darjeeling Limited, which is the only fucking film I've ever walked out of. I've never even heard of The Darjeeling um, Limited. Isn't Natalie Portman in that? Uh, I don't even fucking remember. It's a film by Wes Anderson. I remember watching a bit of it because I was told it was either, it was someone I liked, but they apparently got their boobs out in it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. But then I, walked, I was so I bored, out I stopped. An hour and a half into this three and a half hour film, yeah. because um, basically it is three old men on a train in India talking wow. about tea, and they oh. talk about tea for three and a half fucking hours. <laughs> and I got an hour and a half in, and I was like, this is an hour and a half of my life that I will never fucking get back. Fuck it. I could go drink tea rather than being told about it. To and they fair, didn't do it in a good way. Like the way with sideways is like an hour and a half of talking about wine, but it's actually really funny. Yeah, this was just very, very, very dry conversation about like, oh, well, we're going across India to go find some family member or something. On the way, we all quite like tea. Do we wish to discuss tea in our very British watches? <laughs> and that was an hour and a half, the, the hour and a half of the film that I watched before I left. Wow. I mean, with a name like Darjeeling Limited, it's not like you were misled. That Someone was a full told advertise. me it was a comedy. <laughs> I did not see the comedy in that film. You've got me wanting to watch it. I Like, the idea of just, like, three hours of a couple of old blokes talking about tea seems like brilliant anti-humor. Like this podcast, really. Yeah. Sub- substitute tea with, like, gross food and... Yeah. <laughs> now, see, I watched this when I was about 15. At the time, my sense in humour was basically the mighty boosh. 
the Darling Sheeling Limited was not the Mighty Boosh. No. They, they did not really correlate in any kind of meaningful way. Very few things are the Mighty Boosh. Yeah, particularly a film about men yeah. really so talking about tea. I just googled it, and yes, can confirm Natalie Portman is nudie in that movie. In the Darjeeling well, Limited. If she'd, yeah. if she'd got nudie in the first hour and a half, maybe I'd have stayed a bit longer. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, it. it's very tastefully covered, but you can see her bum. Uh, well, that's 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 a tip for filmmakers: is front load your Natalie Portman in the nuddy so that well, Laura you won't do, walk out yeah, of your you, film. You, you put some nudie Natalie Portman near the beginning, and then have something in the script imply that it might happen again. And I will watch the next <laughs> two hours of drivel in the hopes that it happens again. <laughs> that's one, it. Hello. <laughs> you get you get Natalie Portman right before even the title start with her bum out. And then Ben Kingsley or whoever looks at the camera and says, well, I hope that happens again. And then you've got Laura, like, glued to the seat for the rest of the show. Now, see, if they'd had that during the PC Games Conference at E3, I'd have quite happily watched it. I'd be like, you know what? If she's going to get her bum out again, I'm not too fussed about this. I will happily enjoy this show. There we go. We brought up yeah. video games just, just when there I thought we, we were... Just when I thought this was the Polygon podcast with us talking about <laughs> movies and TV shows. Uh, video games, that's what we're here for, allegedly. Uh, yeah, you what- say that. I've got non-video game things we should probably get out of the way as well, because, you know, I've got, oh, yeah. pub, I've got pub stories this week. <laughs> I love this pub story this, as well. This is, this, is, this is the sequel, I guess, the spiritual successor to King Henry VIII's knockers in his time <laughs> story we had. So I was walking home today through the pub that I live above, and... I heard a wonderful exchange between two middle-aged men, and it went a little something like this. Oh, I don't believe you. There is no way that Queen's cover of Bohemian Rhapsody is going to be nowhere near as fucking good as the original version by fucking Kanye West. That's pretty much the conversation I heard today. You know, Kanye, <laughs> Kanye covering Bohemian Rhapsody is no, like... No, 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 you, you've got like this giving... wrong, Gavin. Gavin, you've got this wrong. Queen covered it... Kanye West did it originally. Okay, yeah, don't remember Kanye every West's single original Christmas. version. Is <laughs> <laughs> like giving a bunch of crayons to a child in the Louvre and saying, "Go crazy, destroy the paintings." Oh, I God. don't mind Kanye West so much. I, I think he he amuses me in and out of his music as a as a as a performance piece. Yeah, um, he, he's fascinating to me the same reason that um, oh, what's the actor's name who told everyone he wasn't famous anymore? Shia right? LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. He, he's fascinating to me the same way that Shia LaBeouf has become fascinating to me. Shia right? LaBeouf, I think, is a genius. There's a reason oh, he did that just yeah. do it in front of a green screen. He knew yeah, exactly he, what he was doing. He knows how to be a genius and he has marketed himself perfectly and I think that Kanye West is in some ways similar. He has <laughs> found out how to bloody brilliantly market I've, himself as a crazy person well yeah and i think it works for him because and now this is just my personal opinion and it makes a lot of people angry but i think as an artist even in the realm of rap and hip-hop itself he is one of the most overrated people i've ever i disagree i think he has some talent that even if it's not to my personal tastes i can look at his music and understand the craftsmanship in what he's doing. And as in he takes someone else's tune and puts a beat over it. Like, that's what he does. Yeah, so-so. That's, so, that's his role as a that producer. That is a thing that he does, yes. But there are other things he does where it's like, okay, this is something that feels interesting and skillfully put together. Yeah, by the so producer. What saying, he also does some shit. What you're saying is there's no difference between what Kanye West does and what I do on the Jimquisition. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having flashbacks to uh, the oh, digital God. homicide recording. Do we, do we want to talk about that fucking digital homicide uh uh, we don't. We honestly don't need to very much. Um, I know some people kind of feel like I'm just like picking the bones of the corpse by now. Um, it, oh, it was. It, it was an interesting event last yeah. week. We we had some people ask what me and Gavin think of it, and my response was just, "My God, you have some patience to have survived <laughs> that interview, Jim." Um, there are, like, I. Th- I don't want to compare you to Peter Molyneux, but in some ways, like, I had some flashbacks to the Peter Molyneux interview with Rock Paper Shotgun, because it was that moment of, my God, I don't know how you are, you haven't walked away from this interview right now. How have you not walked away? (laughs) And I have a lot of respect for you sticking around as long as you did. I think that's what this guy didn't reckon on, is like, like, I'm almost a ten-year veteran of this. There's 
I have had every insult under the sun thrown at me. I have watched, you know, <clears throat> twenty-minute-long YouTube diatribes, r- read lengthy, rambling screeds about what a terrible human being I am. Like this guy's limp bollocked attempts to rile me. Re- like the best he did was confuse me. Like when he attempted to dox me, or, or like, like, like really throw, throw out the creepy stuff that he was doing from his seventeen-page dossier on me. Um, oh, yeah. Like the best he could do was confuse. Like I, I'm sorry, I've I've tussled with worse than him. But but no, it did take a little bit of reserve um, to yeah, just kind of I, sit back. I am impressed that you held on as well as you did with the calm reasonable mindset yeah some people were disappointed i went with the calm reasonable route they expected me to kind of demolish him jq style but i'm like i why why put in more effort than you have to if you see someone tying the rope around their own neck you don't need to like like you don't need to kick the chair out from under them yeah honestly i was only able to get about 15 minutes in when i couldn't listen to it (laughs) when he started saying that like when he started comparing critiquing things to making things and Using that straw man, I was like, no, I can't, I can't. But yeah, this. like I was going through making a list of like, right, how many logical fallacies has he used during this? For reference, he used nine different logical fallacies during <laughs> that, where it's just like these are not accurate comparisons that I'm drawing, but they sound good if you don't pay too much attention. I was going to say uh, that sounded low, but then I remembered for each fallacy, he probably used it about five oh, times. Yeah. Each fallacy he used multiple times, but he used nine different logical fallacies during like an hour and a half, which is like every 10 minutes he rolled out like, here's a new logical fallacy where I don't understand how arguments work. And he's still at it. He's still on his forums, like defending Six Nights at Suze's, that game where you beat up prostitutes uh, and and just blood and money fly out of them. Still defending it. Uh, Still thinks that I'm a hypocrite for criticising it because I have that Saints Row dildo bat that I sometimes use in the show because that's (laughs) apparently offensive to women. Uh, Never mind the fact that a dildo's gender neutral. and dildos are gender neutral and quite honestly... I'm not offended that you have it. I'm envious that you do. I'm envious <laughs> that I entered the games industry too late to get a six-foot tilto bat. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's longer than three foot. I, that's the bit that offended me, telling me yeah. I got a three-foot dildo. No, you got a six-foot dildo. Yeah, have get some fucking do respect. some fact-checking. Respect don't get, the dildo. Don't estimate your numbers too low. Don't inaccurately say lower numbers than are the accurate numbers, Jim. Exactly. I mean, digital homicide. <laughs> If, if there's one thing I want people to take away from this week's episode, and I say this quite, quite, quite earnestly, is that I want to put back to any of the rumours, any of the vicious slander, that I have a small dildo. Okay, <laughs> I, I have the biggest dildo. <laughs> Well, not necessarily the biggest, but you have a larger one than probably 99.9% of the population will yeah. ever own. I'm, like, I'm in the dildo 1%. That, well, no, you're in the point one percent You are in the uppermost echelons of dildo owners. That's it. The dildo- and I think that's in- inspirational, not something for people to fear. Yeah, so Digital Homicide, please don't do me dirty anymore and recognise that I'm in the upper dildo echelon. <laughs> I think there's an episode title, maybe. Up a dildo echelon. I was just saying random dildo sentences until one of them sounded like a good title, to be honest. Well, you it. never know. We might come up with something better, but that's a pretty solid place to start looking. Absolutely. So do we do we want to talk about some gaming news from the week? Why not? Why not? That'd be a nice treat for us. Yeah, I'm, huh? I've got a story I kind of want to start us off talking uh-huh. about. I'm very curious to know what both of you think about this. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a fan of the No More Heroes games. No More Heroes 1, very flawed but very interesting. No More Heroes 2 <coughs> tightened up a lot of design aspects. No More Heroes 3, I, I kind of want that to happen. The developer, Suda51, says that No More Heroes 3 is coming in 15 to 25 years. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. How do I... What, what is that news? <laughs> it seems like an incredibly... Suda fifty one thing to say. Yeah, I That was my, my, my reckoning on it. My my only takeaway on it was, well, this means that for the next fifteen years he doesn't have to put up with people asking him every week where the fuck is Beyond Good and Evil 2. <laughs> it's like, yep, yeah, you can't ask me about No More Heroes 3. I said fifteen years. Wait fifteen years, then ask me. 
Maybe it's because in 15 years he reckons enough mythos will have been built around it that at the, you know, 2030 Sony press conference he can come out on stage with a Kickstarter for it and break Kickstarter like everyone did with Shenmue. Yeah, well, exactly. All of the kids at home will be like, what's this fucking No More Heroes game? And all of the parents like me at home will be like, listen, this is the most exciting thing that's come out of E3 2035. Mm. Understand the history of video games. This is important. I'm going to pour your college fund into supporting this. I need this. He's just being smart and looking ahead the same way that, like, Gaiman was when he called his game Half-Life because, like, he knew it would take half of his lifetime to complete the the series. That's what he's doing. He's thinking ahead here. I... I, Yeah, it is just a pseudo-51 thing to say, to be like... Yeah, I want to make this game. I know people want me to make this game. It's going to happen. You're going to... Like, I'm going to be between 38 and 48 years old by the time that we get a No More Heroes 3, apparently. Yeah. Like, I will be the age... I'll probably be dead by then. I will probably be the age (laughs) that my mother became a grandmother by the time that this gets a sequel. Mm. Yeah, maybe he's just hoping we'll have forgotten about it by then. But I guarantee you someone won't have... And in 15 years from now, like, there'll be some posts on Reddit saying, where the fuck is it? <laughs> and then he'll be like, well, I'm, I'm still a dec- away, decade away from having it finished. Also, who the fuck's phone's going off? Sorry, that was me. I'm turning oh. it off, mate. Gavin. Gavin. <laughs> so- Why, I order. Did you guys see um, uh, the Batgirl DLC got announced? Yeah. yeah. I was like, as as cool yet. as it looks maybe focus the time on finishing the game first the main game yeah well maybe make sure that all of your consumers who've purchased it can play it before you put more content out yeah maybe maybe warner brothers can fuck off <laughs> that, that's Burn. that's a bit of criticism for a bit of constructive criticism from yours truly fuck it uh yeah well it's like it, it seems interesting i I put some t- some serious time into that game today. Um, I got to a narrative turning point that was kind of expected, but I didn't expect how it happened. I don't know if either of you know which bit I'm referring to there. I is might be quite, being too it, vague. Is it um, something to do with the chemicals plant? Um, it's to do with going to try and rescue someone. Oh, and how that turns out. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah and how that turns out. I get you. So, like, I am enjoying that game. I would like more narrative-focused stuff in that game. Mm. But, like, it does feel a bit uh, weird timing for them to announce it when it's like, oh, we still have the cloud of the PC version looming mm. over our heads. One of the um, versions of this game you cannot purchase, even though it was on sale. Gray, Gray Brothers- made a really good point about this game uh, yesterday. He said, it's not a great Batman game, but it's the best Judge Dredd game ever made. <laughs> That's actually a really good call. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have been enjoying some of the things they've done with Batman as a character, and some of the ways that they have written that narrative in order to allow a series of character interactions that I did not expect. I mean, See, Bat- there we go. I can talk spoiler-free. <laughs> it's for, Yeah, it's really clever. The plot twists are clever. But then yeah. there's a little bit of lazy writing in there as well. Yeah, but, definitely. Oh, I lost my train of thought now. What was I going to say? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You were talking about fucking... the Batgirl DLC? Um, no, it was something about the, the... Oh, yeah. It's like, you know the way Batman and his entire universe, usually under normal circumstances, depends quite a lot of suspension of disbelief. But when you're ploughing into thugs at like 100 miles an hour and electrocuting them and then rolling over their corpses and that's supposed to not kill them, you're, you're definitely stretching the line a bit there. Yeah. yeah. I'm rolling around town in a tank that shoots explosives, but no one's been killed as collateral damage. Yeah. To say nothing of that moment when he's got, like, the actual scripted moment when he's got a mercenary on the ground and he reverses the Batmobile over his head. Like, I played that clip, and you can hold it there for as long as you want. I played a clip of it on the Jimquisition, and this giant wheel, like, you know, it's, it's, it's one step below a monster truck wheel, and it's on the dude's head, and he's, like, they smashed the visor of the guy's helmet just so we could see the panic in his eyes. And they're darting around, he's just, oh, God, no, please! Stop again! Like it's fucking horrific. It's like it's like something the Punisher would do. I think they need to just like let go of this idea and be like, at a certain point, you have to acknowledge Batman does kill when it's necessary to 
for the greater good. He has I think at some everyone. point you have to acknowledge that. But yeah, um, and I mean, I know because I know you complained about this, Gavin, when it when it came out. Um, that people always think they're clever when they point out that Batman is a rich guy beating up, uh, you know, the, the lower classes and the unemployed and, and you know, mentally well, it ill did, No, people. no, it's just it's just because everyone seemed to figure this out on the one day and all started posting it. And I think it's because a certain prominent voice also said it, that people started <laughs> parroting it. I was like, oh, here yeah. we fucking go. Everyone thinks they're so smart. Where anyone is, who reads or has watched any Batman thing notices this straight off, like <laughs> yeah, but but it, it is true. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. It is yeah. very true, and it, those games really hammer it home. Yeah. That it, it is that very is what much it like is. if the poor people in society are doing crimes, then it's up to the rich people to make sure there are no more poor people, because then there'll be no crimes. The rich there guy is a could, little bit of that that goes on. Yeah, the rich guy that should really be funding more youth centres. Well, to be fair, Bruce Wayne, and this is one thing they didn't really make clear in the games, but generally he is quite the philanthropist, Bruce Wayne, in in most of the universes. In this particular universe, it is like, why would I spend money on youth centres when I could be spending it on giant tanks that are totally non-lethal, yet they explode stuff? Mm. Yeah. And then, um, and the police and military are just fine with it. The, with yeah. this, with this thing he's got that's capable of destroying entire armies. <laughs> now, before we go any further, there has yes. been a request, and I think this is a really nice request that people have made, and I think we should we should give Gavin some time for this. Okay. People would like an update on where <coughs> Gavin's up to and how he's doing in The Witcher Three, and I think me and Jim should just stay silent and let Gavin talk about his I, Witcher for a I bit. I like that idea. Yeah. Do you want to talk about how you're doing in The Witcher Three for a bit? Okay, I'm on my second playthrough uh, because I did finish the game finally after 160 hours. That's how, how long did, it took me to finish the story. How, how did you feel finishing it? Um, I got a reasonably good ending, but I had one regret, one regret, and that was not letting him be with uh, one of his lovers. I kind of let him be single, and then I was kind of like, you know what? In my next playthrough, I'll just let him settle down with one of them and... Is, nice, is there a happy... specific one that you regret not letting him settle down with? Yeah, Yennefer. Because, uh, th- to be fair, the, the game from the start makes her... And I hadn't read the books, bear that in mind. It made her out to be this kind of cold, very emotionally cold, almost abusive partner. And I was like, oh, I don't think that's a very healthy relationship. But by the end, I had kind of realized that there's a lot more to it than that. So, but yeah. Oh, but, uh, that's nice. Did you and guys hear about the patch they're releasing, actually? What's what I saw that was a patch. So, I don't know what's so happening the next, in the patch. The next patch is basically and um, I I know I talked them up so much and yes collusion and all that because I know a few <laughs> of them but goddamn this is how you tr- this is how you do it. They're releasing a patch that's addressing pretty much every single complaint that the community's had about the game. They're fixing all the menus. They're putting things into different boxes in the menus. They're like um they're giving Geralt an alternative movement control. For people who don't like the way he he aims and moves, they're just they're like fixing so much stuff that people ask to be fixed. I think all that's I, all amazing. I, all I caught about that was that apparently they're doing something with inventory where he's getting a bigger inventory or something. I think it's not. He's not. He's getting a stash. Well, to be fair, that should have been in the game <laughs> from oh, the okay. start. But uh, no, they're they're even fixing the way the menus work. Like they're things are getting different categories they're getting labeled differently oh that's perfect um, and also I think the movement thing is going to be huge because that's most people I've talked to's biggest niggle in the game is it's hard to uh, to do basic little things like looting sometimes because Geralt's movement can be a bit fiddly mm-hmm. yeah mm. that's that's nice to hear and are you yeah. planning to do anything different on your second playthrough uh, other than the relationship thing that you yes, want to... Yes, yeah. I'm planning to enjoy it more because it's sometimes very hard for me to enjoy games properly when I'm constantly hitting record, record, record the scene and thinking, how can I turn this into a song? So this time I'm just relaxing and enjoying it. <laughs> now see, that's, that's a very a thing that I think me and Jim can probably relate to as well Big on time. that front. The, I would the imagine whole problem even, of going, yeah. I would imagine Go. for you guys it's even more so because you have to like criticise every single detail. Like. Yeah, it's like even if when, like even for games I'm not writing a review of, it's like, well, I have to have a critical opinion on this so everything mm. becomes work. So like, it's quite nice sometimes like, to go back and play a game a second time once it's out of critical discussion, just to be like, okay, now I can play this and switch off a bit. Yep. So yeah, yep. hooray, Gavin's Witcher Corner. <laughs> we let Gavin do some talking this week, hooray. 
next week we can let you talk about Bloodborne because people yeah. are sick of hearing about that. That's fine. We'll they, just let, we'll didn't let they announce about... an expansion for that? I think. Uh, yeah, I think they said something about DLC coming soon. Yeah, I don't think they've outlined exactly what it is, but DLC is coming. We expected with, that it's going to happen. With a little bit of hindsight on Bloodborne, though, I, it's it's not going to be my game of the year. I don't think. I mean, it's no. definitely going to be in my top five. I would say, but I mean, mechanically and tonally, mm. it is still up there for me. It is one of the strongest experiences I've played this year. Mm. On a personal note, like. It's the difference between, like, my favourite game this year and the game I think is most interesting this year and yeah. what I think is the best game this year. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think Bloodborne's yeah. one of the best games so far this year. But, like, weird little stuff like Life is Strange for me is right now, like, yeah. this is deeply flawed, but I'm fascinated by it. So, yeah. I don't know. Of it's, that, it's not super clear. Have you played yet Knee Deep? No, I haven't. Never what is Knee Deep? Because I've heard some people talking about it. Uh, yeah, this might be something you want to check into because I was I was playing. I've actually reviewed it on the Jimquisition now, and um, I really did think this might be something you're interested in. Uh, it, it is an adventure game, very similar to your Telltale or your Life is Strange. Uh, it's it's odd. It's set out like it's a theatrical play um, with a story within that story so really it's only aesthetic i wish they'd have done more with it but aesthetically it's like you're on a theater stage and the backdrops like rotate to have other sets and when you walk into a building the front of the building lifts like it was a wooden panel or something and the whole thing's a kind of murder mystery so this dude uh, hangs himself in this uh, uh where's it florida swampy town and your three characters who are investigating the suicide uh, or is it a suicide <gasps> Um, your uh, the three characters. There's a blogger who's who's like chasing up a story, uh, a local news reporter, and a private investigator. And the game really is like like it it, it veers almost towards visual novel, but with a bit more interaction because uh, you're mostly picking dialogue, and each bit of dialogue you pick can unlock new th- things and ways for people to talk to you uh, and and change attitudes and things and. Ooh. Every now and then, you'll pick up bits of evidence, like clues from things people tell you or things you've found. And at various points in the story, you have to write write a report. Uh, you know, either a blog post or a newspaper report or a report to the guys who are paying you to investigate the murder. And you pick one of... You can only ever pick one, uh, but you'll get several pieces of evidence that you found. You can only pick one and ignore the rest. Then you have to give it a spin... So you either have to write about it cautiously, edgily, or inflammatory. Ooh. And that in, like, like creates a story based on what you pick versus how you spin it. And then that will change the various attitudes. For example, you know, if you found, found a photograph of someone uh, doing something dodgy, you can write about it. And you can either keep very guarded about it and not reveal too much, or you can give it this kind of snarky spin, or you can go for, like, the Fox News outrage kind of thing. And it'll sort of... You'll get different reactions from NPCs depending on what you've done. This sounds like it's perfect for me. How have I not seen this crop up on my radar yet? I know, like it, it really you, you did seem like a very Laura game. You know my taste so well, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> what did you say this is called? It's called Knee Deep. I actually Knee have Deep. um a video of it on my YouTube channel on the Jim Sterling channel if you wanted to check it out before maybe buying it. But um, well, I suppose yeah. I I suppose I should and I should go give you some of those ad revenue clicks that uh, certain <laughs> companies are so upset about you getting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they, I thought you'd be interested in that. It certainly it caught my eye, and I, it, you know, being episodic, it's, it doesn't take too long to get through. So I did a did a review, and I quite liked it. Gave it a seven out of ten, which is respectable. Um, got got some. My main problem is it's got some fantastic ideas that it doesn't quite seize upon. It, it's kind of content to just have the ideas, but what it does is still this very mm. Twin Peaks ish kind of alluring storyline which I'm, I'm kind of into so this, yeah this sounds like all of the things more. that like i am willing to put up with some rough edges in order to experience this yeah so, I, I think you'll yeah. dig it i think you'll like it so completely changing topic and going back to some newsy stuff from this week um according to shuhei yoshida apparently the last guardian probably would have been cancelled if people hadn't been asking about it every other fucking day 
Yeah, yeah, it's not, one for that's not too surprising, is it? I mean, yeah. And basically, the whole point to this was he was like, oh, his initial quote was something along the lines of. Um, the fact that fans were asking for it was really a good like um, sign to us that it was the right thing to do to push on with it and to get it into a state where we could once again show it to the public. And whoever it was that was interviewing him followed up and they were like, so if that hadn't happened, do you think the game would have still released or would it have been cancelled? And he was like, probably been cancelled. And I'm just happy about this story because this completely legitimises the fact that on every podcast for the next however many years it takes nine podcasts a week, I am going to be saying, where the fuck is Beyond Good and Evil 2, Ubisoft? <laughs> because if I don't do that, then they might cancel it. And it saying that kind of thing can stop things being cancelled. So thank you, Shuhei Yoshida, for legitimising my demands that <clears throat> games be made for my tastes. I really think yeah. we're going to... Um, I think we're going to see Beyond Good and Evil 2 next year at E3. I really do. I, I think that... The amount of people who are going to hear me talk about it week in, week out for the next year, people are going to start asking Ubisoft to make it just to shut me up. Yes, because and if they say to Ubisoft that, that Laura, <laughs> what, that will definitely make Ubisoft here's, go here's, anything for her. <laughs> here is the thing. If you're we listening, Ubisoft, if you're listening, Ubisoft, do you want me to forever and a day say nothing but nice things about you and to never criticise you ever again. <laughs> give me Beyond Good and Evil even, fucking Even too. Jim would have something nice to say then. Yeah, if they give me Beyond Good and Evil 2 and it is the game that we all want it to be and is not like ruined by modern Ubisoft, it's like, hey, this is a decent Beyond Good and Evil 2 sequel. Climb, climb, climb the orphanages <sighs> to unlock the map. None of that, none of that. <laughs> I will forever give you a free pass. You will have like, let's say two decades of just... You can do no wrong. Can I just and say Ubisoft, something? I will promise. I can't that remember. I will... Sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, you, you, go you go first, Jim. I was just going to say that I promise to Ubisoft that I will say nice things about them for at least three and a half minutes. Well, it's it's basically like um, I will I will wear a Ubisoft branded T shirt and an iconic <laughs> Ubisoft baseball cap, and I will go to a convention and tell at least one person hey have you heard about ubisoft they're iconic <laughs> <laughs> i will do that for you ubisoft you just have to give me this one fucking thing and i'll stop telling people at conventions that ubisoft like like their executives eat poo off a plate with a knife and fork oh oh they if, do eat poo unless they make beyond good and evil too and then I they'll stop eating that poo. i don't like ubisoft that joke is still fucking popping up this week, on, I went onto the Witcher Reddit thread, <laughs> or the Reddit page on Witcher, and yeah. uh, they obviously had linked the new song, and one of the comments in the thread was, but why does Gav hate Ubisoft so much? Okay, we ha I have had this conversation on Twitter. <laughs> um, here is what I will say. If you say that Gavin hates Ubisoft, I You're will a poo -poo instantly head. change my opinion of you to <laughs> believe that you eat poo. Yeah. That is yeah. what I think of you. It's like, oh, you said head. that, then it must be because you eat poo. With yeah. a knife and fork, which makes it worse in a way. Yeah, exactly. You, you actually you invite cook your family it in the round, oven. You invite your family around for dinner. You gently cook it in the oven with some, some garnish. You serve them proper meals. You're yeah. like, no, 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 I've made myself a special meal. This is what I prefer. <laughs> yeah. And you get your knife and fork, you put your pinky finger up, and you eat that piece of poo. Yeah. And you <laughs> and go, mm, the poo is in season this year. <laughs> it, is, it is not gamey at all. That is what happens when you say that uh, Gavin doesn't like Ubisoft. So, you know, yeah. be a cool kid. Don't eat poo with a knife and fork. <clears throat> yeah, because we, we, stopped, we stopped that joke because we, people kept saying it. And, and Gavin, yeah. unlike us, like, like, it doesn't matter to me <laughs> if people say things about me and Ubisoft. Because I, I've, said them, I've said enough myself. But Gavin, yeah. unlike us, has a different relationship with the game industry. Exactly. Yeah, so. his, his is a unique one. And basically, like, the difference is on this show, there is a certain, like, formula where, like, it's set up in such a, such a setting where it's obvious within the context that we don't mean it and that we're doing it to play devil's advocate against Gavin. That doesn't necessarily doesn't translate, translate in, in when tweets. you tweet yeah. Ubisoft and say, hey, this guy hates you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> just as a blanket rule, if you do it, you're welcome to do it, but I will think less of you and yeah. imagine you eating poo with a knife and fork and we, in yeah, front and of your we family. Don't want that. Lots of poos. Um, 
Yeah. In, yeah however, he, you know that Gavin that does like? have a festering wound that has turned into a kind of nest for insects. That yes, bit is true. <laughs> that's fine because that's not going to ruin any of his job prospects. No, so no. If, if, if anything, it will improve. Well, it's just has... I've I've actually photographed it and sent it to From, and it's going to be a boss in Dark Souls Three. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's going to be called like um, Leg Aureus. And it's just going to be this giant festering leg with, like, bone. Yeah. The bone is cracked at the top, and there's all marrow spilling out and maggots. And, and all Legorius the maggots... just jumps around the room and stomps on you. All the maggots have, like, long black hair and a beard, and they yeah. all look like Gavin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I talked about this on Twitter, but I can't remember if we ever talked about it on the show, about how um, I'm really surprised that more characters in games aren't photographers. Mm. Be- because it's... Apart, aside from like shooting a gun at stuff, it's one of the simplest ways to interact in a game. Yeah, mm. and also as well as that, it makes the player have a reason and a valuable like reason to interact with the world and to pay attention to any of the yeah. detail that's been put into the artwork yeah. and stuff. It's a great exactly. non-violent way to yeah have every, like you can use it for stealth. You can even have a kind of combative element with it. But it is a non-violent way of doing it. I've become more and more interested in sort of the non-violent methods of things. Um, mm. You know, I love violent media, and I don't think there's anything wrong with violent media, and I certainly don't think there's anything wrong mm. with me for... I've said before, you know, I've loved every single Saw film that's ever come out. Yeah. Um, but I am finding myself more and more into these games that, that get around the issue of there always having to be combat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like combat is the easiest way to frame a game and to set up, like, yeah. here is your combat loop and your way of being scored and it's a really simple thing to go to but I think that it's not that I don't like that in games but I think it's interesting seeing what people do when they choose not to go for the easiest method of setting up a gameplay loop yeah exactly it's like like, it's like when someone writes a song and you know does it in a more interesting way and doesn't just have verse chorus verse chorus guitar solo chorus you know and that's how great movements of art are born like progress you know progressive rock and so many classical musicians and like art house films some of which are awful but you know the <laughs> loads of which are great i love hmm. that gaming's starting to get this now so yeah, yeah we we need more photographers because photographers yeah, right. are really cool and i quite I mean, like then they when they get to point and even, shoot a f- even putting it into thing. games that also have violent ways mm-hmm. to interact like i i love the photography mechanic in dead rising i thought that was really clever mm-hmm. like I, if I you photograph someone getting it. their face bitten off you got more points i i love the <laughs> photography mechanic in wind waker hd on the oh, wii the u picto box. yeah the picto box that you can use for selfies yeah. because mm-hmm. my favorite selfies are still the ones that i've taken during boss battles i have i screenshotted <laughs> this i have a selfie where i'm just like happily grinning to the camera as ganondorf in the final fight is running towards me with his dual blades and i'm just there like hey that game is such a wonderful experience like it is beautiful the hd version with the they they made the sailing faster and stuff it's just it's absolutely that, gorgeous that game holds only, up very very well what we mm. need is another pokemon snap Yes, why the fuck have we not got another Pokemon Snap? Like, you put that on a 3DS with well, the movement controls? Ninten- yeah, Nintendo's home console and portable both have motion sensing technology and cameras and things like that attached. Why have we not seen them used for yeah. Pokemon Snap yet? Also, because some people would be upset if we don't mention it, but fi- we've got to bring up Fatal Frame as well. Because that uh, also is the, the horror game where you yeah. use a camera to snap ghosts until they go, ah, stop it! So that's... There is one other one as well recently, but I can't remember what it was. I know Condemned, the first Condemned, had a little bit of that. Yeah. Which, so we... resulted, which resulted in one of the greatest jump, st- scores, jump scares ever in a video game. Does anyone remember that part? I could never get into. I, yeah. I've tried many times to get into Condemned. I want to. I love what it. I, I love its atmosphere, yeah. but I could so, never get too far into it. So basically, there's this one part, and very mild spoiler here. So if anyone doesn't want a very mild spoiler for a, like a ten-year-old game, just tune out for a sec. Basically, you're photographing a corpse, and uh, you're like a detective, and it makes you get right up in there, and it's like, oh yeah, just get a better shot of the face. Get right in on the face. And just as you zoom in on the face, the corpse comes to life and attacks you. And it literally, it's one of the best, smartest, cleverest jump scares I've ever seen. It nearly made my fucking... Oh. I nearly put a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> um, 
on the sort of newsy topics, I'm just having a look what else we've had this week. It's been a weird old week this week. Um, oh, hey, uh, uh, speaking of jump scares, though, Arkham Knight had some great ones. It did. Jesus Christ. I like. will give it that. <laughs> um, yeah, it did make me jump when it... In- I, I won't give spoilers, but when it introduced a certain side yeah. villain, yeah. Uh, it did. It, it, it was clever uh, how they used a, a familiar mechanic to just suddenly start Really clever. Yeah. Yes. There are some very intelligent things about that game, even though sometimes that game's a bit more paint-by-numbers. To be fair, there's a lot of stuff in it that I think is so good that we we actually... Like, even, you know when you call the Batmobile and just the way the animation flows that he just... It skids around and he jumps into it and it all happens so seamlessly in engine... I think now, stuff like that is really that, to be praised about the Arkham series. That is that would all be praiseworthy if it weren't for the fact that it made me look at the fucking hubcaps every time. <laughs> like, hey, look, we put a bat on his tires. It's because he's the Batman every single time. And I'm just like, I don't need to see his wheels. I get it. You like fucking cars. I get that you're Robert fucking Yang. You like fucking cars. Okay, that's fine. I do love how seamless everything is in that game, though. That so yeah. many things that would be cut scenes in other games are kind of integrated in engine it is in, a, in a very Naughty yeah. Dog esque way. They do a pretty damn good job of making that big open world feel mm. like one cohesive place. <clears throat> so, other news we've got this week. I think this is one of the things that Jim had to sort of grumble about this week, or that you had some thoughts on. Sega's CEO admits that they betrayed their fans, which is a thing that. We totally believe they mean. Are they referring to Sonic or Colonial Marines or what? Ah, pretty much everything. Basically, their entire quote was like, yeah, we fucked up a lot of the brands we had in our uh, possession. Wow. Uh, Something about, apparently they learned from Atlas. They're like, oh, Atlas taught us how to be better. But I'm I'm not sure I'm, I'm ready to trust them that they understand they've betrayed their fans yet. Refresh me. Who is Atlas? What did they make? Uh, They're the Persona people. Oh, I, I wouldn't know that. I've never played a, a Persona game. Right, yes. Yeah, so I, I saw it. I never trust the words of an executive. That's my, yeah. my first and foremost thing. Particularly when they sound too good to be true. Like, yeah. we have learnt from all of our lessons and we'll be better. Yeah, EA said the exact same thing uh, back in, like, 2006, 2007. Uh, John Riccatello was saying all these things. You know, we, yeah. we acknowledge yeah. what we did wrong, we won't do this again, and then they just did it. Um well, I, in John Riccatello's defense, he didn't do it again. He left so someone else could do it again and went to do well, it Well, I mean, he place. did for a, for a good few years. He was still there. He kind of sowed uh, the yeah, seeds. Yeah, he was there for a of, while. But um, with Sega, it's like, like I said, I, I never trust an executive. If I see action that backs it up, you know, I'd be fully encouraging of that. Um, I right. do like the idea that Atlas may have taught them a thing or two about this kind of stuff because I do feel that Atlas uh, certainly is very sort of together in that regard that yeah. Alice does, does uh, know how to treat its fan base very well and has a very loyal fan base as a result so I can imagine how if anyone from Sega is listening to the culture of Atlas that that would sort of rub off on them yeah, it's, so, it's, it's interesting like I will personally believe this when I see a good Sonic game release that is not just hey we added werewolves have fun yeah well like, I mean I just want them to stick with something like Sonic Generations yeah. was a great game it's like, and then they just reinvented the wheel again and again yeah. every single game they reinvent what they did just understand your formula that works and you're like okay this formula works but is flawed let's do another entry that sticks to that and that fixes right. the problems just stick with one thing for a while and make it good yeah and they, they never do because they get so fucking Obsessed with yeah, with but what if what if this legacy? time what if this time Sonic had a six foot dildo? Yeah, well, there we go. I mean, first of all, I'd, I'd sue them for damages. Um, yeah, because you're the only person in the world who got given one of those. I'm the only dildos. one allowed to dildo. I'm the and only one allowed to be. It was dildo. entirely of your creation. No one else created that six foot dildo and gave it to you. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not even sure where we're going with this. No, no, I, I, I have no idea where, what that meant. But the point is, is dildos, I think. Yeah, dildos is the point. Anyway, should we do should we do some questions for 15 minutes or so? Yeah, why not? Go for it. Some question time. Um, well, uh, I think I think Gavin picked out one of these questions. We'll we'll go for Gavin's question. What was? Uh, oh, it's from Matthew Barksdale on Twitter. Have you picked up any useful real life knowledge or skills from playing video games? Absolutely. Um, Tell us about that, Gavin. What answer do you have for this? So two, 
two of them. Um, the most obvious one is like mm, kind of reflexive coordination things. Like I've noticed since I've like got into like Call of Duty and stuff, I drop things way less and catch falling things a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> like there's like been moments where glasses will fall out of the cupboard and I'll just be like Whoosh, and catch it, and Rachel will be like. Yeah, you you were never able to catch stuff like that before. I'm like, yeah, that's that's all the wasting my life on Call of Duty. <laughs> but on a more serious note, um, saving money. That's one thing that uh, I really learned how to do in, like, RPGs. Yeah, if you want the nice house or the big sword, you, you got to save, save your money. money yeah. And not waste yeah. it on shite, yeah. That's, but if, uh, you, if you do run out of money, you can always kill some people, and that will probably fix your money troubles. Yeah, I mean, there's quick fixes in RPGs that aren't sadly aren't there in real life, but uh, <laughs> the whole notion of, of, be, of, for the first time ever, feeling the reward of having yeah. saved up for something and then got it, I only ever got that from RPGs. If, if you want something and then, nice and shiny, then you're going to have to do something that's not necessarily fun over yeah, and over until exactly. you've got enough money to have the thing that you want. Exactly. That is life. And it's it's come in very handy over the last couple of years since Miracle of Sound started. I haven't blown all my money on stupid shit. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, RPGs in particular taught me a lot about life. Um, they taught me how to operate on very little sleep and to not have people be aware that I've devoted my entire life to a fictional world rather than dealing with real-life responsibilities. I think, I think we can I all relate to that, that one. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have that skill if it wasn't for RPGs that I played until four mm. in the morning. So, you know, thank you, RPGs, for that. I can hold on to Wii's for a really long time now. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Do you um, mean Wii the console or your actual Wii Wii's? Wee wee out of my willy willy wooer. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that is definitely a skill that most gamers learn, isn't it? To how to hold in your piss for ages because yeah. you just want to see the next. Yeah. Next. We're especially, all going to get infected. Dark Souls players. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if you get infected, game. it makes it more painful to to go to the bathroom, and that's going to be even more of an incentive to <laughs> not go and to keep playing your game. Just keep playing <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, as far as knowledge, I think I've brought this up before on on different productions I've done, but um. The Dynasty Warriors games got me really into that sort of period of Chinese history, so I know a whole ton of stuff about that whole period and, and got to learn about how battles were fought and everything in those days, uh, just because it kind of sparked that interest being based on the historical period. Um, mm. So yeah, there's definitely knowledge Assassin, that certain games Assassin's teach Creed me. is great for that too. I think I've said before on the podcast I was able to find my way around Venice and Rome when I went there due to having mm. played Assassin's oh. Creed. Um, I, I learned some very valuable lessons from Zelda, like, don't beat up chickens, it's a fucking stupid thing to do, it's not going to end well. You know, that's, that's a good life skill I learned, don't beat up chickens. People um, generally don't like you beating up their chickens. Yeah, if you beat up chickens, bad things will happen as a consequence, that is that is a, a life skill I learned. Um, mm. Also, if you break into people's homes, there's bound to be money lying around, and they don't mind that you take it. And they're yeah, fine, if, they'll still be your If there's one thing RPGs taught them. me, it's... People really don't care when you steal from them, but if you bump into them, they will, you know, scream at you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You steal everything like, you want, but don't you fucking bump into me. Anything that's left in a jar that's not locked is yours to take. Games of, like Fallout and uh, The Elder Scrolls have taught me that no matter how heroic you are, how many people you save, however many good deeds you do, you will still be treated with absolute contempt and disrespect from the average <laughs> Joe on the street, so don't fucking bother helping anyone. Um, do, you fetch, do you fetch the mead for the companions? I'm their fucking leader, <laughs> you twonk. Um, Mass Effect taught me that space has some really fucking hot chicks in it. There are some really fucking hot chicks in space. You know, what, you, know, you know what really pissed me off about that in Skyrim? What? And this is my biggest hate in Skyrim, is that goddamn... What was her name that she ran, like, all the the crime syndicates and stuff in oh. Riften? She's there threatening me, saying she has connections to Black the Dark Briar Brotherhood. Maven, was it? Or, yeah, something like yeah. that. Maven Blackbriar, that's it. She's there threatening me with her connections to the Dark Brotherhood. I'm like... I'm the leader of the Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> and <laughs> there's no... It just, the game just doesn't writing. recognize this, and that really annoyed well, me about Spider-Man. Okay, that would be amusing writing if they acknowledged it. Mm. To be like, eh, well, the Witcher, that the Witcher, it, it, That's why The Witcher 3 is so fucking good. It, it, it does acknowledge all these things. Yeah. That, you know. 
Yeah, so um, what, are, what other questions do we have this week? Um, Lex Hollow wanted to ask, if you could have a custom professionally made cosplay outfit for any character, who would you pick? <clears throat> this is a fucking easy one for me. Obviously Geralt. I have actually just this week ordered my dream costume. I have got a set of custom M7 armor coming. The, oh, based nice. on the Mass Effect 2 design. Nice. I have been saving for this for a while. Uh, it's going to be done in about six weeks, and I'm going to finally be able to do my Shepard cosplay. So nice. I am very excited about that. I have a custom painted Nerf gun that's nice and silver and done up in the uh, the N7 design. It's going to be a really nice costume when it's done. So, yeah, cool. this is going to be fun. I think I could I do just... a pretty good Adam Jensen as well. <laughs> Malik. I've, I've, had a, I've had a few that have been fun to do in the past. Like one of my favorite ones I've done in the past that was again a sort of dream one that I eventually saved up and had the money to be able to put together was um an original one of the Power Rangers and I did a movie sort of a screen accurate one from the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I know it's kind of sad but I love that costume. It's amazing. My big bike helmet. I'd get someone to get me a goddamn Mysterio costume together because I can't for the life of me work out how to do the big fucking round head because I was going to do that for the Halloween Jimquisition last year and it's like I don't know how to get a fucking the the fishbowl helmet done good Um, I mean obviously it would be a fat more cholesterol than Mysterio but I would I would (laughs) still like it done (laughs) Uh, (laughs) ah that's good my goodness! So yeah, I I I'm getting mine my my dream costume done, but that's been a bit of a while in the waiting. Uh, what other what other questions do we have? I, um, I think um, G- Jesus would obviously be a an easy one for me to pull off. Yeah, you just got to wear a bed sheet and or Andrew, have some, Andrew some bread WK and fish again. in your arms. Like I, I I cosplayed Andrew WK once, and <laughs> it was pretty much him. All I did was put on like <laughs> white clothes, and he liked it so much he retweeted it. <laughs> Um, we, we've got a question from um, Amelia Vileblood who wants to ask. Um, Hello, Amelia. I, I'm, I, I interact with Amelia quite a lot on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I see. Actually. I see Amelia yeah. in my tweets sometimes. So, hello, yeah. Amelia. Um, we now, now that we have half of 2015 behind us, what game, in your opinion, so far uh, exemplifies this year so far? What so far is? What game so far is 2015? Um, in a. In just to sum up the way the year is headed, or um, I, I the way I read this question was like, which game do you think not necessarily is the best of this year, but yeah. like best Indic- indicative of the trends? Yeah, indicative of the trends of this year in in the in the industry. Hmm, that's an interesting question. Yeah, like I think I think uh, Arkham Knight and its PC woes certainly. Yeah could be argued for that it's like plus, well games pl- releasing without being properly finished and oh we'll deal with them later and plus it being an open world game with a lot of repetition i think yes. is where it's like hey look how big and shiny it is without really filling it up as much as they necessarily should mm. that that might be a contender um mm. i feel like in some ways and also the mm. the also it's a very good example of the dead space syndrome where they try and make it appeal to more people every sequel and end up making it appeal to mm, less people yeah Yeah. if anything i would say rather than the year like arkham knight is just summing up the game industry full stop (laughs) just the way it has been for the for the entirety of the last generation and this one i guess is it worth like also taking this question the other way that we were looking at it where it's like what is our personal favorite game of the year so far is that a Everyone, Is that worth answering? I'm not even going to answer that because everyone knows mine. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Like, yeah. but I mean, for me, four is coming, so yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, so far for me, it is still um, Bloodborne. Bloodborne, I think, is the most polished game this year that I've played. I think that Life is Strange is still like halfway done, and I think it is mm. the most interesting game that's giving me the most pause for discussion so far this year. And her story is possibly the most interesting interesting take on a narrative mechanical structure that I've seen this year. You'll so there's, there's my it. three wiggly little answers on different angles. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Um, we've got a few more minutes. I think we, have we got any more questions? 
Uh, we better do because I promised oh, at least an hour. Yeah, you promised <laughs> yeah. a fucking hour. We got, um, we, we got a shit ton of questions today. There must be some. Uh, I was looking at our feed six after hours. You. There's, there's yeah. a lot of shitty questions that come through every week, but um, let me have a scroll. Where's my Where's my question where I asked everyone for Where's my tweet where I asked everyone for questions? This is also me like vamping for time so that we can hit an hour. So stuff. I'll just keep scrolling content. down. Yeah, scroll down, scroll down. This was one that I couldn't think of any answer for. What What um, from Chip South? What game maker's art do you love, but you can't stand them as a person in the real world? I was kind of... Um, I was trying to think of any game maker I genuinely don't like, and I couldn't think of any. I can't think of a video game creator's answer off the top of my head, at least one that I'm willing to acknowledge while I still want to work in this industry. (laughs) Um, Outside of games, because I don't work in in other mediums... um, What's the guy who wrote uh, Ender's Game? Orson Scott Card? Orson Scott Card, yeah. Yeah, I love Ender's Game, but I cannot stand him as a person or half of the things that he stands by which is why i'm going to admit it now i pirated ender's game because i wanted to see it but i didn't want any money to go into his filthy homophobe funding pockets um i don't want to give him any money to give to the homophobes a lot lot of people say this about like woody allen but i don't even like his movies either so (laughs) (laughs) i don't like him or his movies as far as games go Probably, and, and you know, I've got no problem saying it because he knows how I feel <laughs> about him. Um, Doug Tenapel, the, uh, Earth, the guy who did Earthworm Jim and yeah. Neverhood, <laughs> and more recently, um, oh, what's it called? Amicrog, I think it's called, something like that. Um, he, similarly to Orson Scott Card, has very, very... Um, Problematic uh, choices of where to spend yeah. his money. <laughs> Un- unpleasant views on on sort of LGBT stuff and and, and everything, uh, and it, it makes me sad. And you know, I never try and and unless they're they're truly horrific people, I never try and truly say they're they're irredeemable bastards. But <laughs> I was certainly personally ha- make the choice not to really cover his stuff or play yeah. his stuff. Uh, and I, I don't say other people shouldn't, but personally, it's a button of mine, and I won't sort of going for it yeah. so I've yeah. got I've got a good one Dave good Mustaine oh. <laughs> <laughs> of Megadeth I just yeah. every every time I see an interview with him I have to turn it off because I love his uh, his music and I'm like no I can't I can't listen to him talk yeah sometimes <laughs> that's wanker, just the yeah. case um, we got one last question to squeeze in um, actually we got a couple there is one other question we'll do right at the end of the show after we've done our uh after we've done our self-promotion and things, we've got another question to do. But um, I want to answer this one from the Roguish Rogue, or the Roguish Rog. Outside of video games and music, what are our hobbies? Ooh. I quite like writing short-form fiction occasionally. I also enjoy making papercraft models, or Gundam models, or anything that requires me to meticulously sit and put something together until it's a big thing. Hmm. What about you two? Well, outside of fulfilling the stereotype of the Irishman, <laughs> I don't really have time for other hobbies outside of music and gaming because I spend so much time doing those. I mean, I just barely have enough time to like do my work week, play some games, and do my socialising, which I would go crazy without, and then that's it (laughs) for me like model model making stuff is a nice thing that i can do in little bits and starts Mm. while things are exporting like while i'm uploading something or waiting for Mm. something to export or sitting around waiting for an embargo to lift it's like okay i've got 45 minutes i'll just sit and tinker away with this and see how far i get Mm. so that's nice what about you jim do you have any hobbies um i mean i'm an avid uh, tabletop rpg player have been for a about uh, two years or so now. Sort of got into it late, but been very much into it, starting with Dungeons and Dragons, that sort of thing. We're currently doing Aberrant, which is a, uh, a done by the same people that do the Vampire, the Masquerade, and all that kind of RPG stuff, but uh, with superpowers, which is kind of cool. Um, I've sort of made a character that uh, does all the illusions and uh, disorients stuff and turns off other people's superpowers. It's 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 cool. I'm really liking it. It's it's a cool game. I highly recommend Aberrant to anyone who's looking for a game. Um, yeah. Outside of that, uh, I try 
try to write long form fiction actually um recently due to some fucked up files i uh lost the novel i was writing uh, oh, all of it. um but no, did you not have it backed up anywhere i'm a big idiot so <laughs> how, how far in were you uh far enough i was far enough uh, um oh. I'd, I, I'd gotten some really cool stuff I, down and, and my, my fiance is about fifty thousand words into her first novel and today was the first time I realised she hadn't backed it up anywhere, and I was like, back it up on Google Drive, just do it yeah. now. Back back your stuff up, people. <laughs> um, but I am, I kind of retooled it and, and worked on something that I, I had this really long idea of, if, if I ever got it written, this would be the sequel, and then I, having lost it, I was like, you know what, the sequel idea is better, so I'm now, with everything I had planned for the original novel, I'm just going to at it as backstory to what I'm writing now, so that's, I've already got this rich backstory oh, to what I'm really writing. That's a really nice way to look at that problem. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I've got what what I'm dubbing it. It's it's going to be a post post apocalyptic story. So <laughs> that's something I'm working on right now. So hopefully one I, day that'll be a thing. I completely forgot this one. I um on Friday I'm going to the premiere of the first short film I scored. And, uh, and it's being premiered at a film festival here in Ireland. They, they did say outside of music, but we'll let you have that one. I it's suppose. outside of Miracle of Sound, put it that way. <laughs> uh, still music, but um, the other thing I'm into, of course, is if, if anyone has ever seen pictures of my office, sort of outside of the Jimquisition set area, Doodads. is my. my my collection of shit and tat. Um, I've got like aliens, aliens which is so hilarious because you hate doing it in in actual video games. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hate fucking collectathons in video games, but my real life is a collectathon. I've got (laughs) obviously some stuff that people have very generously got me off my Amazon wish list. Like I've got the Zant uh, statue from Twilight princess. Uh, recently I, I kickstarted this and recently uh, received the, the jacket from hotline Miami character. Um, He's sort of on my desk with a baseball bat. Um, went to the local comic book shop this weekend and saw a life-sized uh, blade from Puppet Master, uh, the creepy Puppet Master character with the hat and the, the knife and hook for hands, and just bought him on a whim. Just just terrible impulse buy. Giant alien bust. I'm not even going to say how much that cost. It's disgusting. <laughs> Pretty much, I think I have every single Mysterio figure and statue, <laughs> barring like some of the more like shitty, unimportant ones. Um, just a ton of way too much stuff. Um, when we eventually move, I'm going to hate myself retroactively <laughs> for everything I've gotten. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that's my other sort of... That, that's definitely my vice, is my need to, to buy shit and tat. <laughs> and with that, is that a good place for us to wrap up this week, then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... Um, I don't think there's any more questions. If, if there uh, we one, we I'll, got one I'll more, but we'll, we'll get it in after we've done self-promotion, obviously. I think we've got okay. one more we can squeeze in. All right, yeah, exactly. special, well, that was a really from a very special one. listener. So, you know, it's an important one. On we'll, we'll do self-promotion, then we'll answer that question. Yeah. Speaking of which, Laura, how on earth will people enjoy your content beyond this? Oh, if people want to enjoy my content, they can go to Laura K. Buzz on pretty much everything. So that's on Laura K. That's Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, iTunes, YouTube, Patreon, which pays the bills, and wherever else fuck have you. Um, otherwise, you can see me do reviews on Polygon, um, news and features Monday to Friday on Destructoid, and interviews and that sort of thing on The Guardian sublime and Gavin you're kind of a pop star so it is written so it shall be and how can we find out more about that you can follow me on twitter at miracle of sound and you can also pop over to my youtube channel to see the new lady of world song about Siri from the witcher it, by the way which did 108k views on the first day nice yeah it did really really well and it's got not me singing the lead vocals i got a really good friend of mine aileen in to sing the vocals and she has the most beautiful voice so definitely go listen to that nice i know you were struggling to get the the chords and everything last time we recorded yeah during Um, the podcast last week i was after trying to write the chorus for three days wasn't i yeah yeah, i will say it 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 worked out very it was worth judging by the comments and the reception that chorus ended up working out pretty good and you it know what really happened good. in the end that night after talking to you guys I uh, got really drunk and uh, <laughs> just it just popped into my head it just literally right. just popped into my fucking head yeah after awesome. hours hours and hours and hours of trying <laughs> it just popped um, in 
Yeah. And what about you, Jim? Where can we find you? I think people know. Just just Google Jim in yeah, Google. Yeah, you'll, you'll I'm, turn I'm, up early I'm now the third result if you type Jim in Google. So oh, yeah? You found this podcast, you probably know where to Are find you a- Jim. Jim, Jim Carrey's going to be catching up with you this week, though, because he's and been... A, yeah, that <laughs> bastard. Um, that disappointing bastard. He's been being, um, being a bit of a loony. Yeah, but you Ooh. can... Um, obviously, this show and, and everything um, related to the Jimquisition brand, you can uh, support if you want. No pressure, don't have to, on Patreon, Patreon slash Jimquisition. Uh, thank you so much, by the way. Ever, funnily enough, ever since the digital homicide uh, thing went out... Uh, there's been an explosion of people sort of supporting me now, possibly because he kept saying Patreon and moaning about it, um, <laughs> like throughout the interview. Just your, your Patreon, you make ten thousand dollars on your Patreon, and I guess a lot of people decided to then go and support the Patreon. Uh, so thank you all so it's, much it's, for that. It's called Patreon because we pay you money, so that's how yeah. you pronounce it. Fuck yeah. off. He got upset because every time he said Patreon, I mumbled Patreon under the voice. <laughs> I've always wondered that about Patreon. Like, where does the e come? from why is there an e in patron like just just who the fuck cool, knows because you pay <laughs> people money i guess i don't fucking know anyway we've got to finish this off because we've got a very special question to answer from stephen rawlings we've finally got time this week oh so excellent what's his stephen question? rawlings question is what's your favorite easy Above the streets and houses, rainbow climbing high. Everyone can see it smiling over the sky. Paint the whole world with a rainbow. Rainbow. All along the streams and rivers, shining in the lakes. The colors of the rainbow as the morning breaks Paint the whole world with a rainbow